It's a good win. There's a lot of people. It's like Woodstock, except everybody's got their clothes on. But eat a damn snack. You're like my wife when you get in space. You just get lost. Short steps are better than long steps. That's the only time in your life you're going to hit short is better than long. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to 614 Headsets, the weekly football podcast where we say football is more than just a game, it's a lifestyle. Just yesterday, we had the amazing opportunity to go to the OHSFCA clinic. We had a, a great time sitting down with some of the great coaches from across the state. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to try to bring you some special segments that we titled Four Quarters with some great coaches. Before we get into that, though, we have to mention our show sponsors who make all this possible. And the first one I want to talk to you about is Fundraising University. Fundraising University of Ohio offers a variety of fundraising efforts that helps football teams run profitable, effective, and fast-paced fundraisers designed to raise the most money in the shortest amount of time to reach your fundraising goals. Fundraising University of Ohio is locally owned, operated, and with their six-step blitz system will help your team maximize profits. Brett Maxwell with Fundraising University will sit down and help you pick, plan, and strategize and execute your next fundraiser. If you're interested in us running a fundraiser for you, please contact Brent Maxwell at bmaxwell at fundraisingtheletteru.net or 740-501-8946. And our second sponsor who we, we got to mention is Story Rivals. Storied Rivals Sports Media offers the most unique highlight experience available. Storied Rivals delivers your team's content with services designed to change the way you experience these unforgettable moments now and for a lifetime. Storied Rivals now offers a complete team apparel and player shop customizable to your program. Contact us by mail at info at storiedrivals.com to schedule an appointment with a member of our team. Two great services, two great sponsors. As you head into this next offseason, reach out to them to set your program into new heights in 2024. Without further ado, let's get into it. I hope you enjoy these uh, next couple segments titled Four Quarters, live from the OHFCA Clinic. Make sure you subscribe on, on YouTube and whatever platform you might listen to the podcast. And also make sure you go check out the home of 614 Headsets at www.614headsets.com. Check out all the great content we have on there, and maybe you can go and check out The Lab. Enjoy the show. All right, here we are back again after a short little break. We've had a lot of great guests come on. We're live at the OHSFCA clinic, and this one to me is really special. Joining us right now is Coach Doug Geyser, the new head football coach at Ashton University, just finished up his first season there. My position coach, I can't say enough great things about coach and I'll just take a moment just to I think it's really important because sometimes you don't ever know when the last conversation you'll have with someone like like you guys know on here I lost my godfather last month and didn't know that was going to be the last conversation I had with them and just thinking about that sometimes letting people know how much you appreciate them and I just want to take the moment to thank coach Geyser for everything he did for me in my life in my life as a player, but even as a man and as a coach, I, I take everything from this guy. And to me, he's a very special person to me. I would have gone into the darkest valleys for him as a player. And even now today, I am who I am. I pull from coach and I pull from coach Valentine. I was very blessed to have 
two very good men to just show me what the example is of in this coaching game as a father, as a man, all those things. So coach, I want to thank you for impacting my life. I don't think I've ever had the opportunity to tell you that in that way. And I just want to thank you for that very much. I want to thank you for joining on. We're excited to have you on. I'm honored to be on and I've followed your career, obviously, and I appreciate the kind words and you're almost making me blush. So <laughs> so it's good. So. He does that to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just, just to see where you've come from and whatnot too. And the things you talked about, that's why I coach. It's not the big paydays or anything like that. He's getting a chance to see work with young men such as yourself when I met you the first time and see you coming in, thinking everything. And then by the time you graduate, realizing it's you don't, but you realize who you are and who you're not. You know how to solve problems. You know how to think critically. You know how to communicate. You know how to build relationships. That's why I coach. I just happen to have football as my vessel. And I'm very honored and blessed to have the opportunity to coach at a place like Ashland. That's a great place. I, I, I just want to get into it. So, Coach, for everybody listening that maybe hasn't followed Ashland Eagle football last year, and this isn't going to be my first question. This is just going to be a just get us going. Give us a little recap of your first year at the helm. First year at the, at the helm, I got a chance to take over for a tremendous football coach by the name of Lee Owens. And Lee is actually going into the high school Hall of Fame this summer. And so that's the guy I had a chance to work with for 28 years. And I'm very loyal to him, indebted to the man. He allowed me to go from being a high school coach to a GA. And then many years later, associate head coach. And I think I had so many letters and titles behind my name. I think he felt sorry I was still around. So he put all these things behind my name. But So I had a chance to take over for him. And he took the Ashland program to another level. So the cupboard was not bare. We started our, our year last year with a meat grinder. We opened with nationally ranked IUP and uh, nationally ranked Ferris. Now, we were nationally ranked too, so it's not like we're the little sisters of the poor. But we came up short in both games. And we're ahead of both games late in the fourth quarter and just didn't finish. And we're 0-2. And after two more games, we're 1-3. And, and it could have gone south. But we got tremendous young men at Ashland. And I challenged the leaders of the team to stick together. I said, if we don't... It could get ugly. I said, if we stick together, we got a chance. And they drank the Kool-Aid. They sold it well. They worked their tail off. They trusted the process, to quote Nick Saban, and able to finish on an eight-game winning streak. Won the first bowl game in school history and the first bowl game in conference history. And uh, finished 9-3 and three, and I think the second longest winning streak in the country going into the next season behind the national champs. It was a good first year, not the ultimate goal. We want to be, win the conference and get to the playoffs and compete for a national championship, but it's a jumping off point. What do you think the uh, – this is – I got it. This is going to be good. All right. I'm not going to do you bad, Coach. But uh, I got a question. Our Coach is a grinder, dude. So, Coach, do you st still live in the Akron area? I, I still live at Fairlawn, yes. Okay. So, Coach is such a grinder during camp. This man would sleep some days – in the office floor on a on like a little sleeping bag. Are you still doing that now as a head coach? No, but I have an apartment in Ashland. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was wondering. The upgrade. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and you're right. That's how you work your way up right yeah, there. there, the, there from you, the floor to the apartment. I there like you it. Go. I had I had a blow up bed. Yeah. I had a blow up bed. Yeah. I, I put it in the gridiron club room. So yeah, the place where I can make it the, the, the darkest. And you just had to. Otherwise yeah. I was gonna pass myself on the road trying to go back and forth. Sure. So my wife, who's a saint allowed me for those two weeks or three weeks okay i just crashed at the at the troop center so here's the thing coach is the most analytical 
thorough man in the world. And I played for him, and then I had the opportunity to coach with him for a year as as a student assistant, helping him out. And the unique opportunity of seeing that when the night meeting was over at, say, 9.30, and he got a little softer as he got older. That time started tickling down a little oh, bit. Yeah. He used to be there way oh, late. Yeah. Uh, Coach Owen's going to give me a hard time. But the, the night yeah. was not over. In fact, Coach would then go, what movie are we watching tonight? And he would throw on maybe a Remember the Titans or something. And he on his whiteboard, it was plan the next practice. And we would probably be there till an average of, we'll say one. That was a good average, I would say, of when we were there till – and just so you know, like morning meetings started at 6, 630. So like it was quite an interesting indoctrination into college coaching. And, it, and I loved it. I definitely learned a lot. But what do you think, coach? And this is going to be the last time I talk because I want these guys to take over. What was the what was the hardest thing for you the first year as a head coach? Or what was maybe the biggest learning experience? You could go either way with that. I would say I could probably give you a couple things. Number one is Coach Geyser, the head coach had to have a very serious heart-to-heart talk with Coach Geyser, the assistant coach, after the season. In Division Two, you don't have the money or the salary pool to hire a full-time staff at every position. Well, the head coach has to coach a position. I also coach fullbacks and tight ends, so I still have my hand in coaching with, in, with that. I don't think I did a great job the first year as an assistant coaching fullbacks and tight ends. I felt at times you're pulled in a couple different ways. There's certain things you have to do as a head coach during practice. You have to be able to see everybody in practice. Everybody has to see you. And learning to balance being the head coach and not shortchange the guys in that room, the fullback's tight ends room, is a bit, was a bigger challenge than I anticipated. And so I, I will be better at that this year. I will be better at this year just finding ways because there are certain times in practice you've been a head coach you've been a head coach too you've got you're going to be pulled away you need to see other parts mm-hmm. and so balancing that is probably number one balancing that is probably number one number two is almost a humorous story here okay my come to Jesus moment that the buck actually stopped with me and I was just talking to somebody down in the lobby about this a little bit ago it came right about this time last year right after signing day we're starting to plan for spring practice. We're doing self-evaluation, self-scout, yada, 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 okay? And we're in a staff meeting, and one of the, one of the assistants, one of the young assistant coaches brought up something structure-wise. And he's like, what do you think about this, coach? We're doing this. And I'm sitting back thinking about it. I'm like, that's actually a pretty good idea. We're going to have to talk that over, which usually meant I would get with Coach Owens after the meeting. We would talk about it. He'd make his mind up what we're going to do. And I'm like, wait a minute thinking to myself here, there is no Coach Owens. I'm that guy now. We're going to do that. That's a great idea. It was right at that point. Okay, yeah, I'm actually the guy right now. And it's been a blessing. As Kyle, the thing that uh, has been tremendous, and I'm really blessed with this, coaching at a great school, great facilities, a school that sells itself academically as well, is it's been built already. Usually when there's a coaching change, like when, for example, when Coach Owens took over, Ashland had been two and nine for two straight years, which doesn't happen there, and that's why there was a coaching change. And it's not broken right now. Okay, we just finished the greatest, most successful 10 year period in Ashland football history, 103 years of. And the, the culture's built, the expectations of the kids are built, the consistency in, in program and system in the coaching staff, it's all there. I just got to not screw it up. 
And there's some subtle changes. Yeah, you would recognize the changes because you played for me. As I as I talked a little bit off air here, in a lot of respects, I'm coaching the team like I coach the offensive line. In a lot of respects, and it's challenging. It's invigorating, and I absolutely love it. You probably have to ask the players and the coaches though if they love it. But but for me, I'm having a blast. That's awesome. You spent your majority of your career around the offensive line, and I might be the first guest we've had that has been offensive line coach at any point, right? From to think back to season one through season two, even. Yeah, I think coach is. I love it. The guest mm. of honor. What, <laughs> as you've gone through your cro- coaching O line, I think you get it's the only position where you get five guys that could be all completely different. It's the only position you get where you have to have two, sometimes three guys all doing the same thing or working together for one goal. What is. Over the years, what's your favorite part or what was your favorite part about coaching O-line? Was it the different personalities? Was it like, hey, it's five guys trying to do one general thing of blocking. We're all got to do it our own certain way. What's been your favorite part? The favorite part, that's a good question because I enjoyed it all. I loved the camaraderie part, yeah. Mm -hmm. I love a lot of times, especially because I coached O-line in high school too, a lot of times your position, you were the last outpost. Yeah. If somebody couldn't play it anywhere else, he's going to become an offensive lineman. <laughs> That's a, a fact. Of, a lot of times you have the last like choice. Okay? But still trying to find a way. They don't ask you how. They don't ask who. They ask, okay, did you get your job done? Yeah. So finding a way to reach those kids, having them sometimes seeing them have success for the first time as an, an athletic endeavor, that was the fun part. Yeah. And seeing the camaraderie, seeing the relationships built. I still get a kick out of that at Ashland now. As coach would know, you come back for games – Whenever any of my former players would come back, I wanted them on the field after the game. We would take pictures. I wanted, and what I wanted those guys to experience was this: those former players and the players on the roster now were the same guys. Names were different, faces were different, but they were the same guys. And for being there as the O-line coach for 19 years, I wanted them to feel that brotherhood. Of coach guys are getting after them at this point, the expectations and the standard of excellence that was set and the sacrifices they made for me at that point. So that part of it was tremendous. I, and I, I consider this, they're all my sons. Mm-hmm. And the hardest thing for me sometimes through the years was, okay, who is the best this player? Who is the best center you ever killed? Who is the best guard, tat, whatever? I'm like, how do you pick among your sons? I won't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to do that because I am just as proud of the All-Americans. I'm just as proud of a guy who started for over three years as them for a guy that might have come in that I wouldn't even allow to do my drills because he get himself and there's somebody else hurt, yeah. and to see them progress where they might be playing a little bit at the end of their career, I am just so proud of any of any of those guys because of what they accomplished and fulfilling their potential. So for me, it's coaching football, yeah, but the investment you make as a coach, and seeing the light bulb go on and seeing those people come back and the successes that they're encountering, seeing I'm so proud of Kyle and what he's done in his coaching career, where. The last couple of years, no, no offense, coach, the best team in Central Ohio the last couple of years has been Gehanna. That's real. The teams I've seen in person. There ain't no offense taken. We've, That's just a given we've been, fact we've right been there, for, baby. We've been fortunate to have some good players along the yeah, way. That's but, definitely but also, helped. Absolutely. But also, you can tell this from what? Because I've, I've, I've watched you guys. You've yeah. seen me at games. I've, I've watched you guys play the game the right way. You're physical. It's blocking. It's tackling. And you have to have that. And, the, oh, oh, by the way, the other thing is I watch your guys' interaction with your players. And the love of the players to have for you, and the, and the respect and love you have for them back, and that synergy—that's why you coach. I think I, I think I'm really blessed at the fact that I'm at an opportunity in life where I get to work for a man that just 
lets me run and, and believes in me and what I'm about and what yeah. I do. And yeah. I get to coach with one of my best friends and Bruce, and I get to coach with my other best friend and Murad. And I think anytime you can get both your coordinators. And then your son and Donnie. But I think anytime that you can develop a really good relationship to the fact that it feels like you're coaching with family, you're going to be on to something pretty special. And that leads into my next question that I was just about to ask is, as a first-year head coach and going in, you got to get your staff together and you got to yeah. get your own marking. And working with a staff is critical. And that's where our piece, too, is having some continuity and rollover for our staff, making sure those guys stay, right? We've had the same staff for two years now. And then we've had success on that because the kids know our system. They know what we want. They know our expectation. For you, what was key to you when you were going into the hiring process, what was the number one thing that you looked for in a guy that you, when you were going in that hiring process? For me, it was easy. For me, it was easy, believe it or not. We, I had coached with a lot of the gentlemen that, 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 that held over on the staff. Yeah. We rolled over one guy who got a great opportunity at Youngstown State, and I had to take it. Yeah. And in my mind, I was looking at it like this. I gave everybody who was on the staff with me when I was an assistant basically the right of first refusal. Yeah. If they wanted to be a part of the program with me as a head coach going forward, by all means, the door was open. I would love to have them. Now, some of the roles might have changed subtly here and there, but I thought they earned that right. And, and I was fortunate enough that, that most of the staff took that opportunity and ran yeah. with it. And that, I thought that, that was key more than anything else. And then probably my biggest hire was trying to find the offensive line coach. Coach Corder does an amazing job, too. He, yeah. And I was very fortunate. Yeah. I was very fortunate because, obviously, my heart is there. I wasn't going to just give it to anybody. Mm-hmm. I had to trust them because that's still a key portion of the team, no matter what level you're at. And like I said, I was fortunate enough to, to hire a guy who'd never been to Ashland. But, Kyle, you would understand what this means. He's an Ashland guy. Yeah, we talked as you were hiring him. I think, yeah. in fact, you told me don't say anything because it wasn't even official yet. It was, it was last year at this clinic. Yeah, we we talked on the we talked on the phone for a while. We talked on the phone about a couple of different topics, and it was yeah. one of the things you said. And you're like, can't say anything, don't say anything. I'm like, I'm not gonna say anything. And and, and, and that was you used those exact words. Being yeah. being a coach and hiring and and trying to find all the nuggets from everybody. What are you looking for hiring? What do you and uh, I feel like a common theme is always everyone says. Your offensive line coach has to be one, the best, if not one of the best on your staff and strongest coaches, personality-wise, coaching-wise. And that's what I feel like I hear you saying as well, is that you just had to hire a strong offensive line coach. And that's, we have a great offensive line coach. Coach Cunningham does an amazing job, and he's a huge anchor for us and runs all the camps and side things and, and does everything I could even imagine asking at Northland. And then to see, hear you say the same kind of similar thing is great. Like offensive line is huge and it's so critical. And you know what? I learned something a long while. I was a high school coach for five years. One of the first clinics I went to was actually the old Hall of Fame clinic mm-hmm. down at the Park Hotel in Canton mm-hmm. in conjunction with the North-South game. Okay. I had the opportunity at this clinic. I also heard to the old offensive line coach from Michigan, Bo's offensive line coach, Jerry. I can't remember Jerry's last name right now. But at that clinic also, I heard Reno Sakach. And Reno talked about building a staff. Yeah. I still remember to this day. It made an impression on me, and I think it's huge. There's two positions, he said, that are critical on your staff. You need guys that are good. If they played the position even better because of the understanding and credibility they have, but your offensive line coach, your secondary coach, mm. 
those are your key hires. Yes. Because if you make a mistake at either one of those spots, instant. Instant. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're either let the ball be thrown over your head as a DB's coach or an offensive lineman, you're getting somebody hurt. Yeah. And you're getting embarrassed. So especially alignment on the DB side, they got line up correctly, pre-snap, post that. All I agree, one hundred percent. That's couldn't be said better. Absolutely. And as you're looking at you, from being a head coach too, is the other things you look at. For me, at the college level, number one, it go it goes down a lot of times. Can they recruit? Yeah. I can teach you what you need to know football wise. Can you recruit? But what what does recruiting come down to? Building relationships, communication. Can you teach? And I was fortunate enough with the, with the hire of Jim. Okay, he's great at building relationships. I had I had recruited against him. I knew what he I knew how he recruited. Mm-hmm. I knew he could do that. And his you know, his great name here in Central Ohio. Can he teach? That's what I found out when we actually we met for the first time down in Charlotte at last year's AFCA convention. And then just watching him with our guys, he fit. He built relationships yeah. with them, and they'll go to the wall for him. And we were very, very fortunate to get a man of his caliber and. And this past, I actually, I've had a second hire I've had to do. My safeties coach was offered an opportunity at Tulsa after the mm. second scrimmage this summer. So we're going into game prep for week one against IUP. Oof, so he's ranked 10th in the country, and I'm down one secondary coach. But I was able to hire a gentleman back who played for us. I don't know, Kyle, Donzel Ashley. Do you know Donzel? I do. I remember okay. the name. And he was coaching He was coaching high school, actually, out in California. Okay. And... Hired him in. I moved Coach Orsini to safeties. Hired Donzel week three. So, I mean, his first week, he drove out from California, where he's from, to be there for Friday for the first game of his career of coaching was against Ferris. Welcome welcome to college football, Donzel. <laughs> Put right, then, in the, right in the mix. You're right yep. in with the dogs. Yeah, and then the next week, you're playing the trophy game against Hillsdale. Hey, but he did a tremendous job. And the thing that he's got as well is the credibility and the building of relationships instantly when he came in. Mm-hmm. He gets it. And as a young coach, especially if I had to give any advice to a young coach, I remember this when I was a young coach, I I didn't think I I knew anything, and I didn't. I said, okay, what are my advantages now in my first year of coaching? What do I know? You know what? I was in their seat not long ago. I know how they think. I know how they feel. I can relate to them. And that's where it starts. That's where it starts, and Donzel's done a great job with that. He's got a great knowledge of the game as well. So. You know, I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, no, it did. Absolutely. That's a perfect. And like exactly what I was looking for. From the privilege of just being around coach, he is the most relationship driven person in the world. Like a lot of times as coaches, you get locked into knowing your players. Coach knows something about multiple things about everybody in the building. Mm -hmm. Even when he wasn't the head coach, he would know who they are, where they played. He's the only college coach that came to Northland High School and knew. Every yeah, uh, knew my kids. I mean, right? knew what I was doing too. Seeing that I've it, been running this with you, it's it just it even always, down there just now. He's like, oh, you had a great season. Not a lot of coaches know what our record was through the season. It but always does. amazed me like how he on every kid in the door could rattle off three, four, five different things about them and knew who they are. And I think that's a big thing. Coach, last question for you. Yeah. What's maybe something everybody could drive themselves to in 2024? What's a good book? What's a good resource? What's something you've chewed on maybe in the last couple of years? You know what? I am, I'm reading a book right now. I'm actually 
I'm teaching a class right now. I didn't tell you that. You did downstairs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm teaching <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry. You can't. You, you should have rolled with it. Yeah, no, you're right. No, you no, he fine. knows how I am. No, that's, that's fine. But no, I'm teaching a, a theories and, and techniques of football class right now. Be, this is why it's funny because Coach Owens taught a class something too, right? Yes. With football. Yeah. And players would sign up for it and cut the class. Oh, How do you do that? So they hear him coach that. It just reminds me of that. And, and we'd be like, and then kids would get in trouble, and we're like, How, are you stupid? how dumb are you? Yeah, like, you, are you, can't, stupid, you can't dude? cut that class. The head coach's <laughs> class. But go ahead, coach. But no, I'm so I'm reading, I'm giving them history of football in that class. We did that first part of the semester. I'm reading a book, and I'd recommend this to anybody who's a student of the game that appreciates the evolution of different schemes and systems. I think it's called Blood, Sweat, and Chalk. The author, I think it's Tim Layden. It's through Sports Illustrated Press. It's about 15 years old. Is it, a, is it a green? Is it green? It is it is brown. It, it, might, it might look like football on the cover. But anyway, what it does, it's, it's got 22 chapters. It's it, it takes the evolution of the 22 different trends in football and where they came from. Like, I have that. It talks about the Wildcat and some different things. It talks about... I took a picture of that book. I found it in the boxes of my stuff. I have it on my... It's literally sitting on the edge of my family room zone right now. Zone blocking. It talks yeah. about how, and what, how did zone blocking come about? Yep. How did the bear defense come about? Yep. Mm -hmm. I have Wildcat, it. You know, just... Recommended. Kyle's my little library. library right. I, I go to Kyle. Kyle's giving me three books now. I've already knocked one out. We're on to number two. I'm gonna turn them back in, and I bet you that's gonna be one that I get right there. That's great. Yep. And my the next book on my docket is actually it's called Extreme Ownership. Mm -hmm. It's my. It's great. You know, it's, it's tremendous. Amazing. Yeah. Like tremendous. It. That's the next my next read with that. As I've been researching for my the class I'm teaching, the Bill Walsh Bible. Mm. Okay. That's. That is, I got an actual an original copy of that. It's not in print anymore, and now I'm seeing it like on Amazon for 200, 300, 400 bucks per. I've got a copy of it, a hardback keep copy. Keep that bad boy. Huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you better keep that absolutely, bad boy. Absolutely. <laughs> as, as you're going through, because he basically, he, it is an encyclopedia if you haven't seen it of how to run a professional football team, how to from yeah. front office to coaches to recruiting player, evaluating player. It's got to be interesting to it is, from the top down like that. It's, it is. It, yeah. it is tremendous, and it is so all-encompassing just to see what the parallels all to what, what I'm doing now, what works in college. One thing I'll say, and I'll give it from the perspective of when I read Extreme Ownership, I, I did the audiobook just because being busy. I appreciated listening to it in the summer and preseason camp. If you think about it, then that's I think that's a lot of time where people will try to focus on what we can't do. People will complain about, we're not very good this year at this. Or we're mm -hmm. not doing this. Yeah. I found it to be a very uplifting book and material to read as you're starting your season when maybe that could be a natural time for yeah. people to want to make excuses about why we can't do something. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated the fact of doing it right then and there because I think it helped me focus on you can't make excuses of those. And me as offensive coordinator, is I was responsible for everything. So to me, it was like if something wasn't working, it was my fault. Yeah. And I had to figure out a way to be proactive about that. So maybe I'll challenge you, Coach, if you're going to pick that book up. Maybe it's a, a great time. and Maybe when you start your preseason camp, it could be a – Maybe that's what you listen to when you're there till 1 a.m. on that board, and, and, and you let me know if you think it helped you because it's a great book, and I think that, uh, to me, I really like the timing of when I did it yeah. with what was going on, and I think that's an well, important thing. I'm going to do you one better. 
this past season, this may surprise you, it may not. We got we still have over 15 accountability teams. Yep. Still have that in the captains. That's my players' council. I meet with them once a week. I gave them a book. We read a book through the season. 17 traits of you know teamwork. Yeah. John Maxwell book. Okay. And so every week was one or two chapters, depending. On that Thursday meeting before the team meeting, before we went out for practice, you remember that? We took 10 minutes and everybody had to tell me something from that. What they what did they get out of what we just read? So I've already looked ahead enough. That's probably going to be the book that we read as captains next season. That'd be good. I like you that know, idea. It's, it's That's a, really good. It's an old Phil Jackson. I'm still in, coaches are great thieves. Nobody's had an original. Phil Jackson idea. books. Yeah, we're all are amazing great. thieves. Yeah. We say that. You know, we I just said that on the phone the other day. Sacred we, Hoops is such a great book. Tremendous. That we said we tremendous. when we were on the phone. Ryan, have you read Sacred Hoops? I, you know I've read one book in the right. that I well, got. Yeah. Next, I the next book, book in college. That when no, you turn you know when you turn back in your books, I'm gonna put Sacred Hoops in there. It is a phenomenal book. And the Art of War. You know I want that. I'll give you the Art of War, too. But I'm sorry, Coach. I know it was no. fourth quarter's up, and you're not overtime. used to overtime. We said overtime would be yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, you're, fine. I know we went, we went four against Finley. We beat four, Finley and four. Not so. used to overtime at Ashland High School or Ashland College. You guys dominate everybody. So Ashland. University, college. college. See, oh. I messed it up there. I'm sorry. <laughs> University. But I'm an ODU guy, so it's you're all – You're allowed. Ohio Dominican University. The Ohio Dominican University. No, but overtime. Number one, and this is the same overtime question I had last week. Number one Kyle Stout story. Give it to us. The funniest number one Kyle Stout story you could tell. That you can tell. That you're allowed to Coach, say. Coach, you right can now. make it whatever. You don't have to hold back. You can make it whatever. It, the no, viewers will love, love it. I would love one, nothing more than you to embarrass him so bad. <laughs> like he was running around campus with in just his underwear or something, lost his clothes or something uh, funny, something it's, hilarious. It's, it's not him. that, but it is hilarious, at least in my mind. Okay. Kyle was best friend. One of his best friends was our center, Matt Kinez. Okay. And literally, it was like they were married, meaning this. It was like two old married husband and wife as far as how they would nag and nitpick each other every single day, every single practice, every single meeting, in the locker room. So things in, don't change, In the Kyle. hallway. It was hilarious. And I, I probably said to him more than one occasion, you guys are married for 25 years. Yeah. It was, yeah, that's Just the one that came that to mind right away. Yeah. Go, yeah. yeah. Not all and, the and, and loving it at the same time. He's the same way with me and Kyle, me and Donnie. Kyle nitpicks us and nags us, and then me and Donnie are like, he, he, he can be Mr. Salty at times, right? Oh, listen, I was at the gym trying to be healthy before our clinic, and I came in an hour later than those guys, and they were already set up. And Coach, I he, Kyle he, was going to strangle me. We said we we I ran our strangle me. We ran our own clinic, and it was great. And this dude showed up an hour late, an hour late for setup and set things. An hour up. late for setup. I was before every guest. But you were an hour late for setup. Yes. We had an and entire building and room to schedule and set up. The best thing was though that Donnie was smiling, knowing that I'm laughing in my head, and we had the connection. Like, yes, we just pissed Kyle off. <laughs> there we go. You know what I mean? Like, it was like a mission was accomplished between me and Donnie, and Donnie appreciated me going was, to the gym that morning. It, it was pretty funny. It was, yeah. In the end, it was absolutely worth it. It was a hundred percent worth it. But no, it is great though hearing from you. It is great. Stop yeah. beating up on my Panthers, please. Take it easy on Coach Cummings. That's he stopped beating. Kelly's him up. a friend. Yeah, Kelly's a friend. Kelly Kelly does a heck of a job there, and I, in a lot of respects does more with less than most in Division Two, and does a hell of a job with it. And the best compliment I can give them is they play the game the right way. Yeah, they are physical. They ask no quarter, give no quarter, and to beat ODU, you have to beat ODU. Yeah, they are not going to hand it to you. 
It's just a gritty place. Like it's just two kids are tough there. Like they know we don't have no resources. That's what we are. We prided ourselves off there. But you guys got that little pretty, pretty indoor over there now, huh? You're fancy. Mm -hmm. You know what? (laughs) We, I was there when I got there. We didn't have Jack Miller Stadium. Where, where, where the Troop Center building, where office is, that was a gravel parking lot when I got there. The stadium where it is right now was an intramural soccer field. That's just got to be so cool, though, seeing the, the evolution of Troop Center. When we used to practice in camp, the offense would start where our facility was, which is just a grass field next yeah. to the baseball Starter field. field. Yeah. And the defense would practice at the high school stadium, community stadium, because it was shared. Mm-hmm. And the greatest blessing of all was we had to travel to the community stadium, but it was the 15-minute break we got. It was like, it was, yes. It was like everybody just has, we're like, And there ain't much traffic on the way there, probably, so you can't get any elongated times. Listen, we milked it. We milked it. But (laughs) there's nothing like seeing a pickup truck full of 20 offensive linemen in full pads just pile into stuff. doing a wheelie down. (laughs) You you ain't never seen a pickup do a wheelie. Do you remember Jason Hale? Yeah, he was yeah, on our he was yes, on our show. Yes, Jason, big as hell. That's Jason, all I remember. Big as hell. Big as hell. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was a year we were uh, there was a practice we were travel up and Jason fell out of the truck and stuff like the, the story. Terrible for that pavement. Jason, I'm still mad at you didn't text me back or come to the clinic if you listen to this. But <laughs> coach, it, IUP Thank week you. one again still. IUP week one and uh, Ferris week two and then the meat grinder first five is now the meat grinder first six. Yeah. Week three is Hillsdale for the traveling trophy up there. And then we got in rapid succession, Tiffin ODU Finley. I, I say this, the, the, the Ashland football is in, in no better hands. And I, I want to thank you for coming on and thank you for everything. And I'll be coming down this spring and good luck in, in year two. I'm excited to keep watching the journey. I appreciate being on your show. And if you ever need anything, just give me a shout. All right.